Hello, everybody. This is Retirement News for the week ending Friday, July 30th. And let's get started uh, with a little bit of talk about gold. So there's been some rumbling about gold lately, and I haven't really spoken too much about this on the show, but I just saw a Barron's article uh, that highlights what the gold bugs have been saying for quite a while, and I wanted to share a couple of nuggets from this article with you. So now you probably know that gold has had a pretty uninspiring year this far, uh, and if you have an internal bias against precious metals, this has probably been good fuel for you to keep on track and stay away from this asset class. And while uh, I've heard some bears have been saying that gold is about to start sliding again, but I've also heard that a lot of bulls are saying that we're getting ready to see a breakout and that now might be a good time to start staking a little uh, position in metals. So anyway, in this Barron's article, um, they quote a guy named Drew Rathgaber, uh, who's a senior futures broker at AIO Capital. And he says, quote, a perfect storm is setting up for gold to go much higher. Inflation is here to stay for a while in part due to the Fed's loose monetary policy and its failure to highlight cost push inflation. Okay, um, cost push inflation, just so you know, is basically price inflation that's caused by the underlying higher wages and material costs. And we're definitely seeing a lot of that happen now in a big way. So as uh, overall prices go up, the value of the dollar goes down and people are most likely going to start buying gold again. Uh, the article quotes another dude named Matt Saris, who's the head of client relations and market research at uh, Gold Core USA. Now, if he's working for a gold company or a, a company with gold in the name, you know that everything he says is going to be pro-gold, but he does make a good point that, quote, as money becomes more worthless, gold prices will rise. And he goes on to say, at around 1800 Gold is exceptionally cheap. It can moderate investors' emotions during a time of crisis without fully exposing them to the market. And then he goes on to say, gold cannot go to zero, but almost everything else can. And finally, Mr. Saris closes with this. If interest rates rise, inflation stays nominal, and debt levels become more sustainable, gold will lose favor as demand for a safe haven ebbs. If interest rates stay low or fall further, or inflation rises and possibly switches to stagflation, where growth falters, then gold will rise with gusto. So what do you think is going to happen with our national debt? You know, they're talking about further stimulus and infrastructure bills that are going to be funded by debt. Uh, low interest rates are uh, keeping equities in stratospheric numbers uh, while also supporting a pretty crazy housing market. And don't forget, the lower the prime rate, the lower it costs us as a nation to pay the interest on all the money we keep borrowing to pay for these stimulus packages and whatnot. So that said, the FOMC, or Federal Open Market Committee, that sets interest rates is on record saying they're not raising rates until at least 2023. So you can see what's happening. And with the in latest inflation numbers, I'm glad I have some gold and silver. So I've never mentioned this, but after I read Robert Kiyosaki's book, Fake, I went to the local uh, coin shop and I bought a one ounce American gold buffalo coin, and I've carried that in my pocket ever since. Um, I've also bought a bunch of silver bars, uh, but I don't keep a lot of physical metal. Any, anyway, I'm going to do a full episode on gold and silver and some 
kind of cool ways that you can buy it without paying insane premiums. But in the meantime, if you're interested in precious metals, here's my tip for you. You should subscribe to the gold newsletter. Seriously. It comes out every month and they give a really thoughtful state of the industry followed by very detailed analyses on a couple of dozen publicly traded mining companies. Now, usually these are like pink sheet, like almost penny stocks, and a lot of them are Canadian companies, but they give you uh, these these analyses and they give you buy, hold, sell recommendations. Um, and I'm not going to go too far down this rabbit hole, but based on their recommendations, I have made some crazy returns. The first company that I bought thanks to those guys was the company called uh, Metalla Royalties. And I got in at around two bucks in 2018. And I got some more in 2019 at about three bucks. And now it's sitting at eight. Um, and just last month in June, I bought a little company called Sonoro Gold based on them talking about it in the newsletter. And I'm already up over 27% on that one. So anyway, results not typical, disclaimer and all that. But every time I look at a stock ticker and see the insane valuations of the NASDAQ and the S&P, it, it makes me a little seasick. And I believe that we're heading toward that, quote, rise with gusto mentioned in that Barron's article. So it's fun. I'm having fun playing with these mining stocks. Uh, yes, it's very uh, speculative, but I just can't make myself believe that this is a bad idea because uh, something's got to give. Anyway, there's a link to the gold newsletter in the show notes. It's only $200 a year. Uh, and I'm being serious when I say that I made that 200 bucks back uh, in days after I first subscribed back in 2018. Also, uh, it's an affiliate link, so you'll be supporting the show. Anyway, uh, I've also put a link to the Barron's article there in the show notes as well, so you can check that out. Next up, uh, Social Security Colas. So I learned something new this week. Did you know how the Social Security Administration calculates the Colas or cost of living adjustments? Well, if you're like me, you thought they just went off the CPI, but it turns out there are a bunch of like sub CPI CPIs. Oh, by the way, CPI is Consumer Price Index. Anyway, I think you might find this interesting, or maybe this is just so nerdly, uh, you're going to be wondering why the hell I consider this news. But anyway, so the BLS or Bureau of Labor Statistics computes multiple consumer price indexes or indices. These include the CPIU that covers all urban consumers, the CPIW, which is for urban wage earners and clerical workers, the CPIE, which is for elderly people, and the CCPIU, which is the chain CPI for all urban consumers. Okay, because this is turning into a word salad, I'm not going to get into what a chain CPI is. But anyway, the Social Security uses the CPI to calculate its annual COLA raises for your parents and grandparents and you pretty soon. Uh, and you'd assume they'd use the CPIE, the index for elderly people, to make that calculation. But you'd be wrong. They actually use the CPIW the one for urban wage earners and clerical workers. So why wouldn't they use the one for the elderly? It'd more accurately reflect what true inflation was, right? Well, that's exactly right. In the CPIE, the cost of healthcare is more heavily weighted for one thing, and healthcare, in case you hadn't noticed, gets more and more expensive as time goes by, kind of at a logarithmic rate. So by using the CPIW index, they can give smaller COLA increases every year. 
Now, this sucks for grandma, but it makes total sense for Social Security because the trust is rapidly approaching that date when it runs down to zero. And supposedly by making these smaller COLA increases, it's pushing that depletion date down by approximately five years. And that's one to grow on. So if you happen to be going to a party and you want a riveting conversation starter, keep that little gem in your back pocket because who doesn't like to know how Social Security raises are calculated, right? Uh, or next time you meet that hot guy on Grinder and you want to prove how smart you are before you start making out, remember the CPIW and you'll be sure to get laid. So next up, the Damien Hurst NFT. Okay, so if you haven't heard of what an NFT is, it's called a non-fungible token, and I'm not going to get into exactly what that is. But for those who are interested, uh, there's an artist in the UK named Damien Hurst, and um, he put together a project that was going to be essentially... 10,000 pieces of art released as NFTs. And you had to get on a waiting list um, and supposedly 32,000 people applied for a total of 67,000 times to get their hand on one, okay? And each one was gonna be priced at $2,000. So do the math, what's that, 20 million bucks? Anyway, I was notified, I think on Sunday that my application got chosen. So I bought one and I had to pay with Ethereum, I think. And it was, it, again, it was 2,000 bucks. So it was about one ETH. And it was kind of a complicated process, but once I got everything configured, I made the purchase. Now, the catch on this project is you have one year to decide whether you want to keep the NFT or have him send you the physical art. If you keep the NFT, they destroy the physical art. Okay, so there's a conundrum. I, I don't know which is going to be worth more, um, but fortunately, you've got a year to decide. So it might not matter because he built in a, a secondary market so that as soon as you got your, your piece, you could put it back up for sale. And so last night, um, I put it up for sale for $8,001. And um, by the way, mine, the one that I got was number 9897. Uh, and so why did I buy this thing? I did it because it was cool because I hadn't bought a, a what would possibly be a valuable NFT. And I just wanted to see how the whole process worked. And I just wanted to, to see it from the inside. Anyway, so last night while I was watching the Olympics, I got an email informing me that it had already sold. So yeah, it cost me two grand on Monday and it sold for eight grand on Thursday last night. So I got to tell you, it's kind of like eBay. If it sells that quickly, you know you priced it too low. So half of me is like, great, I just uh, buy 8,000 bucks worth of Bitcoin now and I'm good. But the other half of me is like, shit, I should have put it in at a higher price or worse, I should have held it for the long term. Now, I have no idea what the right thing to do would have been, but this morning I was looking at what they're selling for on the market and a ton more people have theirs listed for sale. And it looks like the average price might be sliding a bit. So anyway, I found this to be a really interesting exercise. Um, and I'm really going to start following this space because clearly there's quick dough to be made. And again, I'll put a link to the project uh, on the show notes. So be sure to check that out. And again, the, the artist is named uh, Damien Hurst. So that's it for this week. Um, if you could do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show and share it with someone who might be a self-employed person who's uh, maybe behind on their retirement, I would really appreciate that. And in the meantime, have a fantastic weekend and I will be back at you next week. Nothing in this podcast is meant to be financial, legal, or tax advice. Though there's some kick-ass information here, it's for informational purposes only. 
Take control of your retirement planning, but get professional counsel if you need tax, legal, or financial advice. For more content like this, join my mailing list at rogueretirementlounge.com. And if you have questions about retirement investing, entrepreneurship, business, or anything else, my email address is matt at rogueretirementlounge.com.